Welcome to Educator Forever, where we empower teachers to innovate education. Join us each week to hear stories of teachers expanding their impact beyond the classroom and explore ways to reimagine teaching and learning. Tina Melville is an English language arts teacher for struggling readers, a parent and teacher coach, and a curriculum writer. Kina specializes in autism and the barriers to reading comprehension common among this population. She worked at a school for students with autism for eight years while she earned her PhD in literacy in 2022. In August 2022, Kina left the traditional classroom and opened Keen Education, which is a virtual tutoring site. Each of her students is different and needs targeted, intentional instruction, which Kina provides wonderfully. Kina offers a variety of services and packages, including one-to-one tutoring and group classes, lesson plans for parents and teachers to reinforce throughout the week, and bi-monthly consultations. Kina is also a key part of our Educator Forever community. She has taken our Curriculum Development Foundations program and has been a wonderful member of our Grow Your Education Business Accelerator. Welcome, Kina. So glad that you're here with us. Oh, thank you so much, Lily. I am so thrilled to be here today. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Well, I'm excited to hear more about your journey as an educator and how it got you to the place that you're at today. So if you want to take us back in time to kind of like how you started out in education and where you are now. Perfect. Yes. Great question. So I started in education a long time ago. It was about 15 15 years ago, but I've always been obsessed with, with education, even before I was studying it. So I went and I got my master's in school counseling. So that's how I started out in education. And while I was getting my master's in school counseling, I was teaching preschool and just fell in love with that whole process. I was also interning in different schools in Manhattan and Queens in New York. And yeah, I just loved being in a school. I loved the idea of education and social emotional learning. So that's how I started out. I eventually, when I graduated with my master's, I became a school counselor. So I was doing that for a few years. I was going to different schools in Manhattan and the Bronx. And eventually I decided that I wanted to move to California. So I moved to California and I was working in San Francisco for a while. I started out in San Francisco at a school teaching preschool again, and that was amazing. I was there for about four years. And then I eventually moved a little bit more north to Marin County and found a school that I worked in that was a school for autistic students. And I was there for about eight years. When I worked there, I had various roles. It was a startup school. It was it was really amazing. It was an, an amazing experience. I learned so much. I was doing language arts. I was teaching language arts for all different ages and curriculum development. And I managed some of the summer school content and something that was really cool about that school, which I bring into everything that I'm doing now still, is that there were so many different specialists within the building. So I learned to view all of my lessons with 
just other specialties. So like there's, I had a lot of collaboration with occupational therapists, MFTs, behavior technicians and speech language pathologists. So yeah, it was just like a really great learning experience for me. And I received a lot of exposure there. So that was really fantastic. And I fell in love with adapting language arts materials for the students that I was working with in that school. So that was the most recent school that I've worked at. And I recently just left there and moved. And now I started my own business. And it's really been fantastic. I feel like I've landed in the place I'm supposed to be. And and that's with all your help too, Lily. Well, it's been a total pleasure to see this journey of yours leaving the classroom. I'm wondering if you can talk about the decision to leave the classroom. Like, was it hard? Yeah. Was it fraught? Were you just done? How did it go for you? Right. It was all of that and more. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I think there were, there was a lot that I loved and a lot that I didn't love with working in a school full-time as a teacher. And I think, you know, one of the major things that happened in recent years was COVID, right? So for me and everybody in education and in the world, it was like a really critical moment. And I think it was a huge springboard for digital development and distance learning. And that was always something I was interested in because I was a distance learning student myself for a program that I was in and I really loved it. And I know that there were a lot of challenges during that time with education and distance learning. There were also, I saw personally, so many magical things about it. I think it like forced us to dive into different online platforms and try to like organize and perfect the delivery of lessons. And yeah, I just loved that piece of it. And there was something liberating for me about like working from home and actually being able to prep lessons yes, and find like effective ways to deliver them. And then I also loved the shortened school days at that time. Uh, and I think it was particularly because the students were less stressed. They were in their own environments and I could prep. It was it was like kind of magical. So I was convinced at that time that education was actually going to shift because I thought it was like, I thought it went really well. (laughs) And then I know for a lot of people it didn't, but there were some good things about it. But then we went back, you know, to kind of how it was. And for me, that was disappointing because it was, I thought a lot of education today seems to me to be unhealthy for the teacher. Yes. Sometimes really ineffective and unhealthy for the students in a lot of ways. There's just a lot that needs to be changed. And so like, for me, I knew I had to leave at that point that like everything was going kind of back to the way it was where I didn't think it was working. And it's nothing particular to the school that I was in. It's just in all of the schools that I've worked in, there are like some really great things and then some things that really need improvement. And I thought that this would have been an impetus to improve so much. And it kind of just went back to the way it was. And so that was a that was a big turning point for me and a big reason why I left. There are so many other reasons too and <laughs> I could kind of go on and on but that was one of the major things that kind of pushed me in the direction that I've always wanted to go in recent years. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean I think for so many people it was like a chance to just see that you could be an educator from home. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> that I think like exactly. I was teaching before COVID, well before COVID and left in 2012. And it just felt like, oh my gosh, like, can I work from home as an educator? Like, I really don't think this is possible. And then just right. like you're saying, like all the good things. Like I saw that as a parent with my kids. It was a little harder with my son was in kindergarten, like 2021, I guess, or maybe fall of 2020. So that was hard. Oh, for sure. For my daughter, she was in second grade, I guess, for the beginning of COVID, second and then, then third. And it was like very effective because she would just have right. an hour or two of school and then do all of her work and then have the rest of the day to like explore and like follow her right. interests and read and play and like climb trees and just get it done in two hours. Totally. And then like being there the whole school day. And then there's time to process it. I sometimes think that with the long school days, there's just not enough time to be, you know, and in that being, I feel like there's some sort of just rest. Yes. You could rest your brain and then things settle. You know, there's a lot of education that can settle. I, I found, and I think that was obvious to me also during summer break, whenever there's a break, sometimes kids came back to school and they seem to have just really accelerated. And I think there's a lot with that free time, with that rest, with their following of the interests and things can like kind of click on their own. Absolutely. I know. I remember that when I taught first grade and it was always like over winter break that kids actually became readers. Right. When it's like they were reading, (laughs) like they were resting and not stressing about it and not having all this extra stuff. Totally. I mean, I think that's like a great point that's vastly under involved in our school system. Right. Society. But just having the chance to rest and integrate and reflect and not have it be like, and then the next thing, and then the next thing. Exactly. Is so valuable. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us first off about your business. Like, what is it and how is it going? Yeah. So I started Keen Education and it started out, I mean, it's still starting out and evolving, (laughs) but I started it a few months ago and it's to a tutoring service for a lot of my students are autistic and I work a lot with adapting novels. I really love to adapt novels and make it more I kind of feel like I translate a story into a student's strength. You know, if it's hard for a student to grasp a story for whatever reason, and there's a lot of reasons that a student might not be able to get it the way it is on the paper right there. I just try to individualize my lessons enough where I am really intuitively trying to pick up on the students, their strengths, their interests, and then kind of like translate the story through that. So it's going really well. I I have a lot of one-on-one students that I'm tutoring. I have also some online classes where there is more than one student. That's super fun because you get the socialization in as well. And then most recently, I am starting to create lessons, lesson plans for either a teacher or a parent to use with that student or their child. And I'm really loving that piece of it because Oftentimes I see a student maybe one-on-one for one or two times a week, but it's just the content becomes more generalized and can sink in more if somebody else is maybe doing it another time or two during the week. So 
kind of creating those lessons plans for other people to deliver has been a new development in my business that I'm really loving. Yeah, so it's going really well. And I'm super happy that I started it a few months ago and I'm able to now, this is all I'm doing right now. And I'm supporting oh, myself. Awesome. And it's like, I want to give a yeah. round of applause. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so cool. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, it's been, you know, a little surprising. Like, this is great. I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I love that you're building this business. I love the adaptive novels, which is something that I didn't really know about before working with you and seeing yeah. how that could be really supportive for kids. And I love how it's personalized to them. And I also really love that when you were talking, you know, about adding that new piece of the curriculum part, that that, and we've talked about this, is something where you don't have to be on all the time with kids. Like it's a, it's a really right. awesome model to have it be online classes, but it's also can be so exhausting if that's all you do. Totally. All day, every totally. day. So I love that not only for being helpful for kids and families and teachers, but also for you to be able to kind of mix it up. Yeah, I love that piece also, because it really can be exhausting to be on all the time, especially me, I definitely identify as an introvert. And (laughs) so it's really helpful to definitely have that other piece to offer. Because yeah, there, there's only so many sessions I can be live for before it's a little bit too much. So it is another avenue. And I do feel like Thank you for the support with the adapted novels. I love doing that too. That's one of my huge passions. And and I do feel like it's needed. So it also creates space for me to be able to kind of work on that project as well. Yes, totally. And I also love, like, I feel like most teachers have something where you're like, oh, I wish I could just do this all the time. You know, right. and we kind of talk ourselves out of it, like, oh, but maybe I don't know if people buy it, or I don't know if other people need it. And I love that it's like, that's your thing. And it might not be what you're doing all day, every day right now, but it's like being able to go into that and really use that thing that you love to help other people is so cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really feel lucky to have this opportunity. And, and it did stem from the work that I was doing with the autistic students in this one school. And I also went back to school at that time and, and studied literacy. And I did a lot of research while I was creating some of these novels. And a lot of the research kind of informed what I create now. So that feels like, you know, it's really, it really is effective and it's motivating for me because people with autism are so different. So one person with autism might have some sort of challenge in one area and another one doesn't. There's this saying that if you met one person with autism, you met one person with autism. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so that's another another thing that I like to do is like get to know people, see what would be helpful and then kind of create it. Yeah. And it's really satisfying for me. So I'm super grateful. And it's so rewarding when I can work with a student and they're understanding a piece of a a novel that may have been missed otherwise. Totally. I know it's a cool combination too, because there are oftentimes people who are like, I want to do this curriculum thing and I'm going to put it outside and out in the world. But then you have these actual students that you're working with and you can do the curriculum with them and really see how it goes and make it personal. So it's really cool to have that kind of built in 
test audience almost. Right, exactly. Yeah, it is. It flows really nicely. Definitely very complimentary work. Yes. Awesome. So tell us, I know you mentioned like you really enjoy the online lessons, but how do you kind of plan an online lesson to keep students engaged, especially if like, I assume a lot of your students are doing this after school, they might be tired. Like what kind of do you use? Right. So I love educational technology. So I try to experiment with a lot of different platforms, get to know a lot of different platforms, and I implement them within the session because I feel like it's a really engaging way for students to interact with whatever you're presenting. So usually I'll create a lesson plan and I keep in mind the learning profile of the student and I think about like their strongest intelligences or whatever modalities that complements their style. And then, yeah, I take their goals, their individual goals in mind. And then it depends on really the student. So if the student is a super concrete thinker, then I'm trying to make my lesson concrete. And if it's a certain student who loves like I I recently wrote a blog about students who really like minor details as opposed to like the major details in a text Mm -hmm. and just how cool it would be if there were like autistic editors and their job was to like go into a text and implant these like juicy minor details (laughs) because there's so much research out there about the reader needing to be able to see themselves in a certain text. So I feel like that's missing in a lot of a lot of literature out there for autistic students. And there's, you know, many different ways that we can include this population in some of the literature. And that's basically what I'm trying to do in my lessons, just like include them, talk to them with their strengths in mind. A lot of my students are visual learners. So I try to make all of my lessons with so many visuals and I try to implant humor in a lot of it too. So like getting to know what might make a certain student laugh, because that's going to help the content stick. If they're emotionally invested, there's something that will just click and, and make it land more. And I'm always thinking about like, how can I add problem solving into my lessons? Because that's another way that's going to have them build the critical thinking and have it just make more sense and have it be more interactive. So There's a lot of like breaking down of concepts and just building on it in kind of these different ways. But I love the fact with the online learning, there's so many great things about it, the platforms, but it's also, there's one place to look, you know, it's so much less distracting. I just try to, you know, think about engagement, engagement, interests, because sometimes I'll have an hour long session with one student. And yeah, I just don't want them to be bored. I I want them to be like totally fascinated with learning. That's how I try to think about it. That's awesome. And would you say the majority of your students that you work with now have autism? Or do you work with all different students? The majority of the students right now that I work with have autism. I feel like they're my soulmates. (laughs) And I just really, I just love them. And I have a lot of, I have some other students that are not autistic and they're amazing. And I am using more of us science of reading type curriculum for certain students who may be struggling with reading or 
that sort of thing. But yeah, most of my students have autism and they're just amazing. <laughs> Yay, that's awesome. I love that. And I love especially what you were saying about just like creating a space where students can see themselves reflected. Yeah. Creating these materials for these particular kids that you're working for and right. that everybody, you know, ideally would have that personalized education. And it's so meaningful and rewarding to provide that for people. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's missing in that's one of the huge pieces that I could not figure out as a teacher in a classroom full of students, you know, mm-hmm. I really wanted to personalize everything. And there's just not enough hours in the day or energy that I have to do that. And I don't know what the solution is for that. But it's, for me, really rewarding to be able to finally be able to do that, you know, and I feel like that's the key to having students really, you know, reach the heights that they're capable of, because it's just so much more interesting and mm-hmm. and fascinating. And you can kind of just keep them in mind with everything that you're doing. And then otherwise, it's just, I think, a lot easier to be distracted and disengaged. And then, you know, it's just not ideal. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things like since becoming a parent that I really realized like when my kids went to school is that the biggest thing that I am hoping they get from their teachers is people who see them. You know, that's really just like being seen as right. who you are, like exactly who you are. Right. It's such an amazing thing. And totally. it's like personalized education takes it one step further, right? We have to actually see kids for like the many faceted human beings that they are. Right. And then create things that match that and right ways and all that. And I felt super frustrated by that as a teacher too, of just like, I know this is what these kids need and deserve, but like, how do I do this as one person with all these other things going on, all these kids in my class. So it's so cool to hear about how you've made that work. Thank you, Lily. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love being able to see the student. That's I couldn't have said that better myself. And as a teacher, you know, on the flip side, because you're the parent and that's what you're looking for in the in your child's teacher. And yeah, I remember feeling that way as a teacher of just I wanting to give that to the student and to the parent, you know, and just like sometimes not being able to. Yeah. And not being able to personalize things as best as I wanted to. Right. Exactly. This kid really needs a quiet room right now. Right. I can't do that. I know. So that was so hard too. Just being like, I know what you need, but I just can't give it to you. And it's totally not a teacher's fault. Right. Right. Exactly. The way things are set up. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I love online too, because I had a lot of students with different sensory needs in one room, just like you're saying. And it's really comforting for the student to be able to control their environment. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're learning from home, they get to make it dim or make it bright or make it quiet or make it loud or yes. do whatever with the temperature. There's just so much there that is just so much more accommodating. And when the student is comfortable and regulated, they're definitely going to be able to learn more. Yes, totally. Okay, well, let's shift gears a little bit want to also get into kind of what you've learned from starting a business. I know for me, for basically everybody, I feel like who starts a business, whether they've been a teacher or something else before, it's a big learning curve. So, you know, what did you learn? What surprised you? I know we're always, you know, learning in the process, but if you can share how it's gone so far. 
Sure. A lot has been surprising. <laughs> it's been overwhelming. And your classes have really helped me to focus on one thing at a time. I really needed that. And I still, obviously, I need that because the amount of business pieces to running a business, although that shouldn't be surprising, is still surprising. And that that wasn't my major. I don't know anything about business. <laughs> I, I know how to write lessons and teach, but I don't know, you know, marketing or there's just so much. So yeah, that's been surprising, but also another area for me to be creative. So when I have the direction and the guidance and the focus, it's just kind of fun to shift gears and learn something else. I feel really grateful that I love to learn. And I'm sure a lot of educators are lifelong learners, but it's, it's nice for me to be able to exercise different muscles, you know, and kind of just learn this new way of operating in the world to go from a teacher to, you know, a teacher and business owner. And it's empowering and it's amazing. And something that is also surprising is that I feel like I'm working a lot, but it's like I'm controlling it and it's, yes. and it's for my business, you know, and I feel like there's just a lot more empower. I feel empowered as opposed to when I worked a lot in a school, I just felt kind of discouraged and drained and, and I wasn't getting paid for the extra work, you know? So there's just so much there. I feel like it's been invaluable to have a community. The Educator Forever Network has really been transformative. Because otherwise, I feel like I just would have been so overwhelmed that I might have ditched this effort. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, not awesome that you would have ditched it. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like what we want from the network. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I, because... Because there is a lot, but like you break it down into sizable chunks that makes it like fun to do instead of like, ah, (laughs) I also just having the community to check in with and be accountable to, because I know that I showed up to some meetings in the classes where, you know, sometimes I had like not great news, like things weren't going that well. And then sometimes I had like celebrations and we all were that way. And it was nice to be able to like, just have a support community in that regard and be around people who are trying to do the same thing is really important. There's other areas of my life that I'm in a network of people trying to do the same thing, you know, and it's just like, yeah, that connection with others and like similar goals has been invaluable. Yay. Yes. I'm so glad. I mean, that's truly why I (laughs) created all the things because I'm like, I feel like I didn't have that when I first started out, you know, like I was trying to be like, Oh, what can I learn about business? But it wasn't like from educators, right? Like creating a space where we can all learn together and just normalize that like, it is hard to start your own business. It is hard to work outside of the classroom and to take those leaps, but it's totally possible. Yeah. We all have those moments of being like, Oh, no, maybe I won't, (laughs) you know, and you're around other people who it's like, you're saying like some weeks, you know, somebody would come into the accelerator being like, oh, you know, I'm not making as much progress as I wanted to. And then the next week be like, oh, I got three clients, <laughs> you know, so it's 
match to you where you're having like a down week, then you see one of your like colleagues having an up week. It's like, all right, we like ride it out. And it kind of normalizes all the things. Really, it really does. And also it's helpful to have that reflection piece of like, oh yeah, like things were going bad last week. I I forgot that they were. Yeah. (laughs) Now things have turned around. So it's also like a really great space to just kind of reflect on what's going on. Like we were talking about kind of earlier with the students being able to like have a space to reflect and and have that kind of, yeah, I think reflecting is really powerful of what is happening and let me pause and process that and then develop next steps. Mm-hmm, totally. And I think it's like being a teacher, like I never had a chance to reflect, right? <laughs> like it's always right. like, here's go, go, go. I mean, I think not very many people are actually good at reflection. It kind of goes back to what you were saying about resting, right? Right. And integrating, like, that's just not something that, like, is a practice for many people. Right. And so I think that building it in intentionally when you're like, okay, I'm going to come to this thing, (laughs) you know, I'm going to come to this group call and we're all going to do it together. It's like, then we actually get it done. Whereas, I mean, same for me. Like, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to schedule in reflection by myself, it's like, oh, maybe I'll finish writing this email. But it's so important to have that part too. Absolutely. It really is. And yeah, I can't say enough about your program. So thanks. That's very cool. It's been awesome seeing your progress and all the great things that you've created. And I'd love to hear a little bit about where you see Keen Education going next. Well, thank you. I think my goal is to, I want to always continue to be seeing students, but just building up the curriculum development and the adapted novels is really where I'd like to take it eventually and to also build out the curriculum development for specific students to give to parents or teachers. I'm really excited by that. And I recently read somebody, somebody posted something about business, like their business is constantly changing because they are. And I love that because yes, I feel like that's what keen education is going to be because like I was saying, I love learning. I love growing. And I think that's what keeps me engaged in anything is, you know, development and what's the next step. So I think it's going to probably constantly be not constantly, but like, you know, it's going to be an evolution and I'm excited about, about that. I want to eventually do, you know, an online asynchronous course but there's just not enough hours in the day. But <laughs> so I have a lot of ideas, but someday I'll do that too. And eventually it would be great to have other teachers with me. Totally. Yeah. Have your curriculum that other people can use and tailor to their particular students and right. you train and all the things. All the things. I love that about like, yeah, it's an adaptation, right? Like things go on and we don't know like what road we're going to go down, right? Like the skills that you develop help make that work, right? Where you're like, all right, I got this new data or this isn't working. And it's like, I felt the same way about teaching kids, but it's like having those skills is way more important than any content or like business plan. Right. Supposed to be able to be like, I'm going to get through this time or I'm going to pivot or I'm going to like take a risk or I'm going to, you know, lay low for a little or whatever it is. Like, we develop those and those are really what like help us get through. Yeah, totally. And it reminds me of other areas in my life where I just try to do what's in front of me, take the next right step. And then 
see what happens. And then there's another next right step. And, you know, all of a sudden you're on a, on a journey. Absolutely. You kind of need it to be that way. I mean, I know we talked about this in the accelerator, but it's like, if you come in and you're like, I'm going to take six months to plan out my business before I ever even met a student. Right. That's not a good idea, right? Like, <laughs> like I'm spending six months to like develop this curriculum without seeing students, without trying anything out. Like the better way is like, try it out and learn from right. doing it and adjust and take actual people that you're working with and get data from them and make things. Right. Better. So true. Highly effective. <laughs> <laughs> terrible yeah. idea otherwise <laughs> yeah i mean i think we it's like a major procrastination strategy for many of us absolutely you know? like i'm just going to tweak this a little bit before putting it out there in the world or before asking somebody to be a student or a client or whatever it is like endlessly right. tweaking and it's like you know it's not going to be perfect no matter what you do and you don't even know what you don't know that's so true and that is something that also surprised me recently. I put something out there and I was really nervous to put it out there and like somebody responded and it's going to work out. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, you know, if I would have held on to that and not pushed it forward, you know, I still would be sitting on it. (laughs) Like then the possibility wouldn't have even been there of something. Exactly. Because they don't know it exists. Yeah, do your part. Put it out there or whatever it is that you're right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Kima. It's always such a pleasure to talk with you and hear about your business. Can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about you? Oh, sure. Thank you. My website is www.keeneducation.study. And then I have my contact information on there. Or you can email me at Kina, K-E-E-N-A, at keeneducation.study as well. Awesome. We'll put all the links and all the things in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kina. Thank you so much, Lily. That's such a pleasure. Ready to find rewarding, impactful work in the education world? Take our free quiz to discover your next right career step. Will you be a curriculum developer, an education consultant, instructional coach? The list of possibilities goes on and on. Take the quiz to find out the best fit for you at educatorforever.com slash quiz. You'll also receive customized resources to kickstart your dream career and life.